and we are live for the 130th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lus Luigi, and tonight it's me, it's Andrew and G, and boys, we're on to the AL- for fuck Cleveland, we're on to the ALCS. It was not easy. Uh, Yankees take a five-game set, um, taking the I probably the most days ever uh, AL Division Series has last, considering there were not one but two rainouts. And also a very peculiar off day between games one and two. So, yeah, this series literally almost lasted a week. So it feels good that it's finally over. The Yankees, like, hey, survive in advance. It may not have been that pretty, right? We were you know, eight wins better than Cleveland in the regular season. Probably wish we would have dispatched them in three or four games, save some bullpen, save some arms. But a win's a win, right? We advanced Yankees, Astros, and the ALCS for – Gotten what is like the third or fourth time in the last five six years. Obviously, the last couple my first couple trips have not gone our way, but it's a new day hopefully. Um, but guys, that was a bit of a stressful series to say the least. A bit stressful, a bit more stressful than I would have liked it to be. Yeah, look, dude, we, we, we rewind back what I guess seventy two hours at this point. Um, Saturday night, Yankees just dropped game three that they had no business losing. Uh, that comes on the heels of us going 0 for 7 with runs in scoring position at home in game two, losing that game in extras. We're getting blooped to death. The bullpen blew a game. Aaron Boone's making mind-numbing decisions. IKF's playing shortstop like shit. But yeah, we were down bad, man. And, and obviously, knowing you had Cole to back it up, like once you win game one, you know you're at least going to have Cole with a chance to save your season and force a game five. Uh, it, it kind of played out that way, obviously, but yeah, it was a very weird series. It wasn't just like, eh, all the home teams won other games. And like, sometimes you see that, right? Where it goes five, but because everyone wins at home field, and that's kind of what it is. Uh, but this was just such a chaotic series with, with the rainouts and, and the bullpen inconsistency. And then the bullpen looked great the last two games out of nowhere. Um, Stanton at two home runs. Judge doesn't really contribute a ton. I know he had two home runs, but his numbers generally look, look pretty much in the dumpster. Um, so, yeah, I, do I feel great about going ahead to, to to Houston? Not exactly, but, look, I'm so happy that they were able to rally down uh, 2-1. Yeah, um, the it's weird to say this about a series that won five games, like they got pushed to the brink of elimination, had to come back from a deficit in the series to say that, like, you know, on paper and all that bullshit, like they were the better team. Um, but it's just... Like the wins that they had in this series were relatively emphasis on relatively like stress free wins where they were like in control for a lot of the game. Um, weird series because like the first rainout kind of screwed them. The second rainout arguably helped them kind of a lot with like the sending Nestor Cortez out there instead of uh, Tyone, which you know that might come back to bite them tomorrow. But like you know what are you gonna do? Um, they Cleveland played really well, and I still feel like the thing that cost the Yankees the most in this series was their own bullshit. You know, like Isaiah Conner-Falefa and his fielding errors and things. Aaron Boone's just inexplicably awful bullpen management, I feel like, were the two culprits that were most responsible for the Yankees' Um you know, Look, troubles. even tonight, he, he made, weird, made weird, uh, weird moves, right? Like, I get you want to preserve Cortez. He, he hasn't really pitched on three days rest all that much in his career, if at all. But like, he was at 61 pitches when they pulled him out. And now we have – we've burned through our three best relievers going into Houston tomorrow. So, like, yeah, I'm totally with you. Boone's 
bullpen mismanagement. Um, the numbers. It cost them. Okay. It almost directly cost them the series. Like it, yeah, and and there were so many moves that the team's own capabilities bailed him out because on paper and even with the analytics of it all, the eye test of it all, some of his decisions were mind-numbingly dumb and they worked out, but that doesn't mean they, that doesn't make them right decisions. Yeah, no, it's like, it's, it's a process versus results thing. And I can't abide bad process because eventually that'll come back and screw you at some point. Like, um, and I'm just going to say like, like, you know, we can, we're going to rag on Boone and we're going to rag on Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, whatever, but like Cleveland definitely played well. Um, They had 15 hits in one game. Like, they are they put a very respectably like you know good effort what the yankees you know costa said in the last inning there the yankees batted like 150 something against cleveland pitching in the series which would otherwise be great except for the fact that like seven or eight of those hits were home runs so you know what are you going to do the yankees did what they did and they got the win and tip of the cap to cleveland funny that you 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 mentioned they had the 15 hits in that one game i think it was the stat after what game three that um as a team they had i think it was like 22 hits and 17 of them were singles or something bananas like that and they were all in yeah hits, because in game hits. three that when the the fucking game that they blew was game three that um they had 15 hits and 13 of them were singles and the other two were doubles we just got looped and dinked and dunked yeah together. I, I mean look I, it's such an easy, like, a cop-out thing to say, oh, they keep getting these cheap infield hits, because, look, a hit's a hit, right? But it really was unbelievable at certain points. Like, they were just, like, bloop here, bloop so, like, I mean, game two, it was literally bloop, bloop to take the lead, right? A bloop double that turned, J-Ram ends up on third, and then the bloop single to get him in, right? And then same and thing with game three in that, in that inning, right? It was just, you know, even though Clark obviously – you know, blew that game, didn't do a good job. I mean, a lot of those hits were just balls that were, I think, you know, Alex said in our chat, he goes, I think the Guardians' average exit velocity of the series was like 50 miles per hour. And it really did seem like that. It, they just were getting, like, it, it didn't seem like they hit many balls hard that whole series. And obviously, hey, you get hits how you can, right? They don't have the same firepower as our lineup. They, you know, they had, we had nine home runs a series. They had three, right? That's how they have to produce offense. You understand, but. Yeah, that you knew at a certain point that like okay, they're not just going to keep blooping us to a ALDS victory, right? At a certain point, these bloops are going to turn into pop-ups, and they did, right? I mean, Tonight, they Nestor came as close as they that were going right to them. They came as close as they could have to blooping us to an ALDS victory, but like, right. um, well, I made the joke that you know, like the <laughs> the Guardians found the Yankees' weakness, which was 120 foot fly balls to left field because they were just like. You know, we know they're a contact-oriented team. They run hard out of the box. They steal bases. Like, I love that. And, you know, they were really just fundamentally sound and, frankly, really annoying team to play against. Um, But, you know, like, the Yankees just, you know, get get a man on base, hit a home run. You know, you strike out a bunch of other times in the series, whatever. But, like, you know, they put runs on the board in bunches. Like, the Guardians... Worked really hard for it. I, you know, Jose Ramirez hits a fly ball to just pass third base and winds up on third base with a triple. Like, what can you do about that other than not play Aaron Hicks and, you know, a relative novice in left field? Like, um, but I mean, you know, that's in the weeds a little bit. We can recap more specifically. I think the only thing I was able to take, t- take solace in with, with them getting all these blue pits and all these singles is because that was their DNA all year, right? If they were a home run hitting team, that we completely limited their power. They were finding other cheap bullshit ways to get on base. 
that would be just beyond it. Like, it was already infuriating right. as, as it was, but knowing that that's the kind of team they were, like, we watched their wildcard series against Tampa Bay. They could not score for the life of them. Tampa Bay's got incredible pitching, and they know how to play the matchups, right? They know which pitchers to bring in to face which hitters. They know which pitches to throw in and which counts and which situations. Way better than most other teams in the league, including us. So, yeah, they had, what, the, the, the Oscar Gonzalez home run to walk it off in a one nothing game in the 15th inning. And then the what was it the Jose Ramirez two run home run and like yeah. third or Stephen Kwan Stephen Kwan turning into Tony Gwynn the series wasn't something I expected but you know right. here we are. he was like nine for twenty one in the series right like, so like it, they it's to be commended because they are contact oriented hitters who are probably making contact with pitches that like otherwise everyone else in the league would just swing and miss at but they're barely getting contact and it's just like you know just floating to a you know, just the right spot. The contact was just weak enough, just whatever enough that like they get on base with like some shenanigans, you know, a little bloop single, which is really annoying. And we saw it even tonight, right? Like Loisga looked awesome. Clay Holmes didn't allow anyone on base, but but even Wani looked really good. And I think he let up two singles. Um, sometimes you just put the bat on the ball and it, it's, it's, uh, it's a slow hopper to third that you can't turn anything on. You get another ground ball the third where it's too slow to turn a double player. You got a fast runner like Miles Straw going. Um, Loisga got himself into a jam that was by no means his fault. Uh, it was that bloop that Hicks got hurt on. Uh, and then another weak ground ball. Like, it's, it's or you know what it was? It was the um the ball that, that Glaber cut right in front of Cabrera. Cabrera might have had a play on it. Glaber didn't. Yeah, yeah Nestor was in when, I believe Nestor was in when Hicks got hurt for that blooper, if I'm, if I remember. Right, right. So, sorry, that, that didn't happen. You're right, happened yeah. with Cortez. And then I think Loisga had two ground ball singles too in his first inning of work um, but the point is like everyone on on our staff looked really good tonight and you look at it and you're like well Cleveland had their opportunities and even that doesn't seem like they, they didn't deserve the opportunities they had so I'm glad we limited them to one run but like this is how they won all year so credit to them for finding ways to manufacture runs when they don't have a ton of power yeah absolutely it's like look they don't like we have like we kind of get spoiled at times when we realize like look we have not one, but two guys in our lineup that have, you know, 59-plus home run seasons, right, and Stanton and Judge, and then guys like Rizzo, and we just have a lot more firepower than them, and yeah, like I said, this is how they have to produce offense, but I want to give a shout-out to Nestor and Cole. I really, like, they both just stepped up, both their starts, um, you know, Nestor goes five innings each time, two runs in the first start, one run in the second start. Cole has that big game four start, right, on the road, game four. You came down 2-1, and, you know, obviously he let up two runs, but remember the first one was that ball that Hicks just didn't run after. So, really can't put all that on him. But I will say this, and, you know, I'm giving them their credit, but I said this before the series, and I'll say it again. That Cleveland offense is just nothing compared to what you're going to face in Houston. You know, and it's just really not even compared to Houston because Houston's a great offense. It's just not really a good playoff lineup in general. Like, that's what those guys should do against a lineup like that. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm still happy they did, uh, like, what they did, obviously. You know, Nestor deserves all the praise for what he did tonight. But, yeah, there, look, let me tell you something. There, there's no Austin Hedges or Miles Straw in that Houston lineup. <laughs> okay, you got Martin Maldonado, but that's really it. Okay, and that's obviously their catcher. It's, like, the only guy that really can't hit, so... It's going to be a much different beast in Houston. Obviously, we'll get into the Houston breakdown towards the end of the show. We still want to talk a little bit more about this series. But, yeah, like I, I do – like I hate to be like, you know, the Debbie Downer, but I, it does need to be said that that Cleveland offense just isn't really a good offense. And, you know, I was getting upset the fact that, you know, here, like you said, in game three, we let up 15 hits. 
And, you know, that really just sh shouldn't happen, even if our bullpen isn't as strong as we would have liked it to be because of injuries. It was still just not the best performance in, you know, games two and three of that series and those two losses by, uh, by our pitch. But, like we said, they advanced, they survived, and now they got a date with Houston. Um, another shout-out I want to give. Guys, if, if I would have said, name one Yankee in this, there's going to be one Yankee in this series that's going to hit three home runs. I think Harrison Bader might be the 10th name you guessed, right? But Harrison Bader, three home runs in this series are two off Cal Quentrell, who he's, what is it, like five for five with three home runs in his career. I mean, talk about owning a guy. But, yeah, I mean, shout out to Harrison Bader, right? Bronx kid, and he really stepped up this series. Look, Bob Costas said that he owns Cal Quantrill, so he owns Cal Quantrill. Bob Costas is, um, is okay. the... <laughs> uh, you know, I was going to... reason on everything. See, to, to his credit, and now as bad as Bob, we'll talk more about Bob Costas, as awful as him and Darling were this series, that was actually one of, like, the, the more clever things he said, because really, you're five for five with three home runs against the guy. I think, yeah, I think you own him. I think it's safe to say. But, yeah, Bob... <sighs> It was just kind of, I, we obviously have our Slack chat, and man, all those Bob Costas memes of him just, you know, those like hypothetical scenarios of him just pointing out like the bleakest things in life while Ron Darling's trying to like get points in about the game. It, Lighter outside. It, dude, it really was. That's, that was the whole series. And I'm like, my heart dropped because I'm looking at my ESPN app and I see like, oh, the games are on for Yankees Astros, the ALCS, they're on TBS. And I said, don't even tell me we get Costas and Darling. But I no, believe they, they were the big Yeah, okay. Trust me, I, I, my heart just dropped seeing TBS, though, so that's, that's all I got to say. But, yeah, look. I think they might move Darling over, though, because him and um, Brian Anderson. Darling, what, Darling said, like, obviously Darling says some things that kind of annoy me, but if it was just Darling with, like, a you know another announcer other than Costas, I don't think I'd mind him. So mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't mind that too much. But, yeah, um, guys, let's talk about the bullpen because, like we said, the Cleveland lineup, isn't great, but I think we were all scared about how the bullpen was going to fare. And look, the, you know, game three happened, right? Um, game two happened where Boone <laughs> brings Tyone out for the 10th and it immediately goes array. So that, that was the fun, but man, overall, bullpen was really good, man. Great job from Luizaga. Um, Clay was good. Wandy was good. Really good job from the bullpen. I was really impressed by them. For a group of guys who basically everyone was hurt this year and a few of them were hurt like very close to the end of the year um it was about as good as you could have asked for um Eroldis Chapman must feel like an absolute fool you know more than he actually is because he definitely would have had an opportunity in this bullpen uh but it is what it is we don't need to talk about him anymore because he's a moron so um Wandy pitched in every game of the series and honestly just got better as the series went on it's insane that he was, you know, you would even say he was injured, right, before the end of the year. Like, he was so good this whole series. Uh, Clay pitched in, what, three games of the five? And was, I thought he got better, right? This, mo this most recent outing, you know, today, game five, I thought he was really, really sharp. And that's hopefully an indicator for things to come. Uh, well, Isaac has looked really good for you know, mostly really good for a while now. So especially if you can get a guy like him going where you bring him in in any situation, that could be a really useful thing in this Houston series. And otherwise, you know, might not be perfect at times, but, you know, 
they won a series with it, and they have a couple yeah. guys pitching really, really well right now. Yeah, yeah so said, you're going to have uh, Marinaccio probably come back for the right, I was say that. And then the thing is, like, they, they put Herman on this uh, on this staff for the ALDS. He didn't pitch at all, but he may be needed to back up Tyone tomorrow in game one against Houston. There's five straight days of games, games three, four, five, six, seven, if needed, um, where there's no off days between any of those. You may have to throw Herman in one of those days or have a bullpen, like an opener type of day with him being the bulk guy. Um, he'll definitely get some length. The guys I'm worried about really, though, are are Clark Schmidt just because I've never been super high on him this year. He did have moments where he looked really good, but, you know, people are all jazzed about his spin rate, but like, he showed he's pretty mid, at least right now. Um, and, and then obviously Miguel Castro didn't pitch. And I don't really think we feel comfortable with him in any situation. Uh, look, with Clay Holmes, if his control isn't a problem, he's disgusting. Wandy and him both came off the IL in game one. And we knew, I think that was the game I was most nervous about the bullpen just because that was their their getting the rust off game, and we couldn't lose game one at home, right? Like there was no way after leading the whole way. So getting those guys back up to speed, getting them into regular games, they look good. That's very encouraging. Loisek, I think, is going to be our most important reliever, uh, mm-hmm. the most versatile guy for for the next few weeks. And then you may just have to piece it together. Look, Tyone's probably only going to get one start against Houston. So maybe I, I, I don't even want to entertain the idea of him coming out of the bullpen because he did in game two and was terrible through that, that ball right down the middle that Josh Naylor hit off the wall. That was the first of two runs in extras or the second of two runs, whatever it was. Right. Um, we're going to have to hope and pray that he's on at, as in a start situation tomorrow, but it's going to be tough getting, a lot of bullpen options besides the, if if we can get by with the three guys that we trust. Awesome. But you're going to need some other guys to eat some innings. Yeah. um, Andrew, I was going to mention the fact that, yeah, this pretty much was like Wandy and Clay or right off the aisle and Clay got, like G said, Clay got three games and Wandy was actually the first pitcher to ever appear in all five games of a divisional series. So you want to talk about getting some rust off, right? Wandy got five games in. Right. And since the since the two off days, he actually was able to do that with some rest days. But being that, you know, Loiza went two innings tonight, Clay threw an inning, Wandy threw an inning. Right. Give or take. Those are probably your three most reliable arms right now. And you used all of them tonight. That tells me that I could totally see them with the idea going into tomorrow saying, OK, we got to get seven innings out of Tyone and Herman, whether that's three and four, two and five, five and two, whatever it may be, like that's probably the best course of action. Because really, like it now it's it really it all depends on the situation. Obviously, like if you're up three one and you need to go clay Loiza go Wandy or whatever it may be to get that game one win, then you do it. But I do think that's their plan because really I was almost a bit surprised to see Clay coming in the eighth because you know we're up four runs. And at that point obviously you know, the, everyone, the old saying is you have to just first worry about the game that you're going to win that you're currently playing before you worry about the next series. But at the same time, you do have to worry about the next series a little bit. And I was a bit surprised that they used Clay, you know, up four runs. Maybe you could have gotten, I don't know, like I'm not saying they should have went Schmidt or someone else, but I don't know. Maybe you could have gotten through that game without using your three most highly valuable arms out of the bullpen. But they did. And that tells me that. Tomorrow will probably they'll probably have Herman, you know, getting loose in the bullpen the moment JMO throws his first pitch, right? Because you really can't trust JMO against Houston all too much. You know, there's a good chance that Houston's just all over him right away, and you may need to put Herman in very early in that game. So 
We'll see, but the way they manage the bullpen tonight, which I, I wasn't opposed to, because, you know, hey, it's winner take all. You you want to use your best of bullpen arms, even if it's a four-run game, all power to you, right? But that definitely does put them in a bit peculiar of a situation for tomorrow. And even, look, I know no, really it's not going to be anyone that's listening to this podcast, but all the people that were basically, like, complaining, saying the Yankees were, you know, rigging the series by not playing last night. I don't think people realize, like, look, we would have had Nestor for game one if we played last night and won, which puts us at a huge advantage considering how he's pitching. Tonight. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, like I said, now, despite, like, they had to use Nestor tonight, obviously, you you had no other choice. But it remains that, look, we're not going to have Cole or Nestor for games one or two in Houston. And that's a that's a big factor, especially the fact that they got JV and Framber Valdez going. And I think we we all saw how Verlander looked in that game one against Seattle, gave up seven runs, I think three or four home runs. But I think we all know that he's probably not going to pitch like that again. So definitely, you know, the, rain, the second postponement definitely put us at a disadvantage for this next series. Even if it helped us win the Guardian series, it definitely put us at a disadvantage for this next series. So yeah, and this the, is a the, funny thing, like about maybe this series. Maybe I was just more aware of it this series and other series. Like, I feel like the conspiracy theories were flying, like, very freely. It was weird, where they're like, oh, the Guardians checked out of their hotel, and then they canceled the game, they had to go find them, they separated them. And, you know, it's it's like, uh, or that the Yankees were advocating not to play, the Guardians wanted to play. Like, Michael Kay was saying this, and he spends as much time around any baseball team as anyone, right? Like, Maybe they can advocate, but, like, the Guardians or the Yankees don't have a say in if the game gets canceled. It's the league's call. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's obviously a terrible look by the league to make everyone go to the stadium and, you know, sit there for three hours and then call the game, which is what they didn't do earlier in the series when they called the game at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning. But I don't know. It was just weird that I feel like it was more prevalent this series than in maybe other years or other series where – People were just ripping off conspiracy theories like, hey, they, you know, they're trying to screw the Guardians or whatever. Like people saying like the league definitely wants the Yankees to win. I'm like, yeah, no shit. They probably want the Yankees to win. Like all the other major markets are gone already. So like they probably do want the Yankees to win. But that's not to say that like they want the Yankees to win. And because of that, they're rigging the series. Like these are things that just happen normally. Gee, and that's stupid. Gee, I, I don't, I, gee, I think you're misunderstanding. They're not rigging the series, dude. They're rigging the actual weather, man. Like the MLB just made it rain last night. So the Yankees can start nesting. Yeah. Like I don't, Rob I don't Manfred out in his office, just gee, doing man, mother like, nature. Rain they call him mother nature, Manfred, man. Like, come on. It's <laughs> well known, but yeah, I, I saw that take. It's, it, you know, usually you'll see that take from like, you, you'll see a tape from like one or two accounts and they're usually just uh, troll accounts. But I saw that like take from several accounts with, you know, blue check marks, people who come to the sport. And I, I really, it got me so annoyed because I said to myself, this puts us at a disadvantage if we do win. Like why, why would the Yankees be pushing for this? Like, Oh yeah, dude, we, we don't want to have Cole. Or we don't want to have Nestor on the mound for game one in Houston. Like if it was up to the Yankees, they probably would have waited till, you know, midnight to play that game considering that. But I digress. Right. I digress. Like, well, it's, it's something... There was a non-issue that was on the table. Why didn't Shane Weaver pitch today on three days rest? But the fact of the matter is that he yep. absolutely wasn't going to pitch last night on well, two days rest, and he could have today. That was Terry's mm-hmm. decision not to. Yep. Or even Costas and Darling said, and they were like, as bad as I thought they were in the booth, they were absolutely right about this. Why not just go with the bullpen day? 
Like, you're starting Savali, who literally had a 4.9 ERA during the year. He had 10 earned runs in nine innings against the Yankees with two starts that year. Like, why? Like, look at their bullpen. Their bullpen gave up two runs over, you know, eight and a third yeah, innings. Like, eight, two yeah, thirds innings. Like, they were phenomenal, right? They have, like, one of they, the best bullpens in baseball. They probably, that's a close competitive game if they just use their bullpen all the way. And like, no that, team, that like, idiotic. really won. Right. Like you could say that the rainout maybe helped the Yankees a little bit more right now, except it screws them tomorrow because they have to start Tyone rather than Nestor. But like it gave their bullpen an extra day, whereas like the Guardians bullpen was already like very well rested yesterday. And they could have had like Stefan and Karen Jack and class. They pitched yesterday on like two days rest. And then they would have had, you know, Bieber ready to go on three days rest or I guess regular rest tomorrow against Houston. Um, but I mean, look, it's like it, it helped the Yankees maybe a little bit in their bullpen today and the Yankees get screwed for it tomorrow. Whereas the Yankee, you know, the guardians probably would have been in better shape now. Like no one really wins because the winner of this game today is getting on a plane to go to Houston exactly. and play tomorrow. So like it look, sucks. I'm cruising, but... I'm cruising Twitter right now. Looks like the uh, the Yankees are popping some bubbly, which as yeah, you should when you win a series. But like, I'm really worried that they're gonna go a little too hard in the paint tonight without the off day tomorrow. And um, tomorrow might be a game where you kind of just punt and hope that your offense. Yeah, like if, if you lose, you lose. Yeah, like I, I like I never want to go into a playoff game saying, oh, if we lose this game, whatever. But hey, if they come out flat tomorrow, like I'm. I'm not going to be shocked and screaming at my TV, right? It's They just got done with a long, stressful, emotional series, and now you got to play a game 24 hours later against the best team in baseball. So, yeah, definitely not an ideal situation, but it, it is what it is, right? It's That's the hand they've been dealt. But, guys, I also want – I almost forgot to mention this about Terry Francona. What the – who is Cleveland's challenge guy? I mean, between games four and games – like, th- those were three of the worst – like two of the worst challenges I've seen, and then one of the worst n- non-challenges I've seen. Like, how do you not like Rizzo was nowhere close to touching that bag when he dove. Like nowhere close. And I like when it happened live, like you figured like you didn't see him touch the bag, but you just assumed it was the angle. Like oh, he probably touched the bag. And then they showed the clip. He wasn't. Even, he was like a foot away from touching that bag. And Francona, it wasn't even like a thought in his mind to challenge that. And I'm thinking to myself, what what is the replay guy doing right now? Like, does the replay guy really have to go to the bathroom? And, like, the moment the Rizzo dove, he just he just went out. I don't hey, know. Maybe, that's another, maybe that's another conspiracy thing. And the Yankees were fucking with the feet. Or yep, yep. Just fucking with their feet. They, they, Guardians had the Yankees replay guy and vice versa, right? It was switched. But, yeah, I, that was, like, you know, Frank Kona, obviously, Hall of Fame manager. He's had a great career. But, yeah, between between him not going with Bieber, him going with Savali, him not challenging that he he just had a rough game 5 to say the least rough series. Going to really. say like we were talking yesterday we're like, "Oh, well, they're not saying, they're not announcing, right? They it was going to be Savali yesterday and then they got the rain out and we're like, "Oh, well, they I mean, why wouldn't they throw Bieber?" And the Yankees announced pretty immediately like it's going to be Nestor and the Guardians didn't announce anything. And we were all kind of just like, well, I'm not going to believe that it's not going to be Bieber until it's literally not Bieber out there starting. And then we were able to second guess that decision pretty fucking immediately because they came out and popped three runs on the board with the Stanton home run in the first yep. inning. And I mean, I don't know. It's like the same shit that we get on Boone for where it's like, you know, 
perpetually managing for tomorrow in the usage of your bullpen arms to try and like keep everyone as healthy as possible. I get it, but it's the playoffs. Like there's literally no tomorrow unless you win this game where like the Guardians maybe kind of outsmarted themselves a little bit. I feel like that's going to be the Guardians fans version of Jay Happ, Debbie Garcia in the playoff game. <laughs> like not, not to bring back. I'm so that glad PTSD. that you brought that up. Yeah, not to bring back that PTSD, but really, like you just see the replay of Shane Bieber like in the bullpen, just like you know, pacing around. You're just like, dude, how how is this guy not in the game? Like, how is this guy just not in the game? Or like I said before, just do a bullpen day. Do a bullpen day. Why start? You're literally, you're almost, your worst starting. They, I was prepared to watch them go, like, they got through three innings, and I was like, so basically it's just Karen Check, Stefan, and Klasley the rest of the way, right? Like, I didn't think they yeah. needed to use, like, what? five or six Ima- bullpen arms. Gee, imagine if they start with those three guys. Imagine if they start with those three guys. Start with probably Bayer, a one, two, two Morgan or Henches. Anything. Yeah. Like they they well, had they if there was any did. team that had the bullpen to have a full on nine inning bullpen game, it was the Guardians. And for whatever reason they said, eh, we're not gonna do that. They honestly could have I don't know, somewhat reasonably just did like Henches, Karen Check, Stefan, and Class A, and that would have been it. Like Class A pitched two and in whatever innings the other day anyway. Like he it's not like he's a strictly one inning closer. Like he's he's I don't know. I mean we're in the weeds a little bit. Either way, I think I was a little surprised. All that to say, right? Bieber, you know, it's something that they'll sit on all off season, right? I was I was worried like hell that we were gonna have to watch um, Jameson Tyon last night, and then of course we get the rain out, and they're like, yeah, immediately it's gonna be Nestor Cortez. Like we're going with the better pitcher. Like we are not gonna second guess it at all. Like this is what we're gonna do. So I was really surprised to see them not do that. But, I mean, not, no sweat off my nose. Yeah, exactly. And, and the bottom line is in the postseason, when you have a great pitcher on three days rest in an elimination game, you got to use them. But it's as simple as that. It's a tail's all the time. Um, guys, and here's else? the thing is that Nestor was absolutely awesome. Like, maybe more awesome than I expected for him to be on three days rest. But that's maybe just me being like. And here's you know. the best part is that you, you look at what he did in game two and what he did tonight, and he's got a higher ceiling than that. So I think he's still knocking off some rust too because he hadn't pitched in like 10 days, and this is his first time pitching on three days rest. Uh, that's what someone so, said. I don't know if it was exactly correct, but like the Yankees played about four games in the last 16 or 17 days. Like um, I think it's five, five and nine, right? And then there was nothing like before, that. Like a week before then. Yeah, so all that to say is that you're probably right. It's probably rust. Right. And they just won a series where they hit 182. So. <laughs> um, Survive in advance, right? And, guys, how about that Glaber celebration? Rocking the baby at the end. Uh, Josh Naylor, total loser. Uh, Did you see he was a four for 22 in the series? What did you say? No, it was in Oswaldo when he caught that line drive. Yeah, he said, you're my son in Spanish. Yeah, uh, that was Oh, cool. God, that's so good. I think Naylor actually I think we should all appreciate more directly how much of an absolute savage Oswaldo Cabrera is because this kid's got the energy. He's got the juice. He's just fired up all the time, and I absolutely love him for it. Yeah, love Oswaldo. Um, but, yeah, Josh Naylor, that, that celebration, man, just to, like, briefly touch on that, I mean, I'm all, I think we're all for celebrating pimping home runs, but, like, when you're just going all around the bases for a home run like that, and like game four of the ALDS, and like your your team's still down, 
Like, if you want to react to that, if it's, like, Game 7 of the World Series, bottom of the eighth, and you gave it to me, you know what? Fine. Like, if there's going to be a situation... It was just weirdly like, over Josh the top. Taylor in the ELDS. Like, chill out a little, bud. Look, I'm like, gonna go chill out a little. Here. Look, I'm going to give you a little psychoanalysis here. Um, and and not, when I say you, I mean every Yankee fan. Uh, the Yankees yeah. did a 3-0 in that game. We were up against the wall. Winner go home. Cole had given up a home run, which he always does. And Cleveland had scratched and clawed the game from 3 nothing to 3-2. So on top of that douche-ass moment, part of what's going on in our minds is, oh, fuck, we're blowing this late in our season's ending tonight, too. So like, yeah, that, that was a wake-up call for us. Yep. Yep. Like, it, like I'm saying, it's it just the situation just, he did and the fact that he, how much he carried it on, he did it, like, all the way around base. It's like, all right, dude, like, he, like Yeah, that's the thing is that it was just, like, weirdly over the top relative yeah, if he to did the it, situation. Like, just went, if he, like, kind of stopped doing it at first base and then, like, rounded the base, it was fine. It's like, yeah, yeah, he did it, but whatever. He was, like, it's almost like, about to hit third base and still doing it. It's like, dude, like... Like, you're losing, it's not, like... You're losing. It's not late in the game, so it's not like maybe it could be a, a, like could have been more dramatic of a situation. It wasn't to tie the game. It wasn't right. to take the lead. It wasn't like exactly. a walk-off home run. It was just like a little bit awkwardly the, over the, the top inning. relative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like just a little bit awkwardly over the top relative to the situation. Yeah, which yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. It just and and then they tried to be like oh, Tristan McKenzie's like oh he does that all the time. It's a game um, and all every hit home does run that for every like he does that when he hits a home run he calls them his son or whatever I'm like yeah but maybe I'm pretty sure that every time he hits a home run he doesn't scream at the pitcher all the way around the bases like that's the shit that we're talking about not the fact that he called him his son to call him his daddy whatever like I don't give a shit about that it's the fact that he screamed at the guy all the way around the bases like that was more of what I had an issue with because that was just weirdly over the top. Right, right. Cole's um, response to that was great too. He was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah I thought it was." He just cute. scoffed. Yeah, <laughs> just scoffed, and he goes, "Yeah, it was cute." It was, it was like, cute. Yeah, it was, it was cute. Uh, but also, yeah. in that game, the Guardians went one for eighteen. The rest of the game after that happened. So, yeah, that's what you call karma. And um, also, I guess the way it was pointed out, I didn't realize until just today, but they scored one run after that whole event happened. One run in the entire rest of the series. Which was their one run today. He cursed him. He cursed him. It's, it's safe to say. Um, but guys, enough about the Guardians. Let's wrap the show up by by previewing the ALCS. Um, we know these guys, right? They, they bounced us out a few times in the past, sad to say. Um, this is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been trying to get to. This is what we've been anticipating all year. This is what we've been waiting for all year. And yeah, like, look, it's... Got, Does it have before. to be the Astros? Yeah, it sure has to be. We, all, we all do it would be the Astros. Um, and, and so... Not, and not to get ahead of ourselves, because obviously, like, it's the postseason. Any team can beat another team. But we all know, like, this is a series, right? Because the two teams that way... Like, look, the Phillies and Padres, they could be te- both be teams of destiny. But very the winner of this ALCS will be heavy favorites in the World Series. Right? Heavy favorites. Um, look, the Astros... Yeah. Most like it seems like most people are picking them, rightfully so. I think I think we're all picking them, right? And obviously, we're all Yankee fans. I would love to be wrong. Like I've said it a thousand times, I thought this team was going to win eighty to eighty-five games this year, and I was very wrong about that. And I was very happy to be very wrong about that. And you know, I'm sitting here Tuesday night, about twenty-two hours before first pitch to the ALCS, and yeah, I, I expect Houston to probably get us out in five, six games. 
right? They're a much better team than mm. us, right? They have a much better bullpen. They have a much better lineup. It's just, it's what it is. Now, does that mean well, it's a sure thing that the Astros are just going to smack us? No, right? It's great. Like, look, look at the Dodgers. Look at the Braves, who just got, you know, dispatched in four games by teams that won, you know, 10, 15 less wins than them in the regular season. So, man, it's the postseason. Anything could happen. And what do you need in the postseason? more than anything you need a one-two punch right and Cole and Nestor showed us in their first two starts that they could be those guys for us so and honestly Sevy was really damn good too and yep. probably would have pitched later start, in the right game um was, there was some IKF bullshit in that game right like IKF yeah the first inning they scored every game. yeah exactly IKF Sevy threw 30 pitches in the first inning of that game still got through five and two-thirds and I was really like let him go let him get the uh, like IKF directly cost Sevy like 20 plus pitches in that inning otherwise he would have put up like a really pretty darn good start on his own um it's I mean it's annoying right obviously this whole schedule thing the rain outs and stuff like they're going to be behind the eight ball from a starting pitching perspective early in the series because you have Tyone maybe you're picking back uh, piggybacking with Herman and then you have Sevy and then you get into your guys um the Yankees just have to find a way to get Cole and, you know, Nestor as involved in the series as they possibly can. And just, I don't know, after that, you know, you're in the bullpen. Like, Houston's offense wasn't, like, overpowering in the Mariners series. The Mariners played them tough, and I thought, honestly, we're the better team on the field for, like, a lot of the series. It's just that they made the mistake of pitching to fucking Jordan Alvarez when there's runners on base in the most, like, crucial situations of the series, and it bit them every single time. Hey, guys, I got an update on uh, Aaron Hicks. He told reporters, I don't have the specifics of it, but apparently he told reporters that he is um, out for the rest of the, the postseason. He has a, a knee injury that is going to cost him six weeks, so that is mm. way yeah. more than well, the rest of the postseason. I mean, I don't want to rip on the guy too hard. He's not good anymore, but, like, they – I I was, I would have been kind of surprised if he was on the roster for the next round anyway given the whole shortstop situation, like right before the playoffs, Boone was like, it's either Hicks or Peraza. And now it seems more than ever that they should be carrying Peraza. <laughs> um, I'll say this is from Andy Martino. He's been posting some things. Um, Boone doesn't think Benintendi will be on the roster. Uh, Tyone will definitely start he game He still has wrist pain. Yeah. Uh, they're going to discuss... Marinaccio, Frankie Montas, and DJ LeMahieu while they're on the plane, and that Araldis Chapman will not be on the roster. And thus far, that's the updates that we have as of about one hour after the game. And Montas is actually interesting, uh, not as a starter, but like if he could come out and be an effective middle reliever type deal for us, um, obviously he'll be a starter again next year. Uh, he was pretty disastrous as a as a starter. This year, I know he had some some injuries too, and um, I think just it may have been too much for him. Uh, I don't want to say going from a small market to a big market was too much, but I'm actually kind of curious if he's healthy, what he might be able to provide out of the bullpen. And I'm just curious as to how long he might have had a shoulder injury. Well, when they got him, I think he was still hurt. Yeah, so like, I mean, it sucks, right? I, I'm very curious about the bullpen situation. If he can come out and just be like we say, right, with any starter that goes to the bullpen, right? If you could just come out and let it rip for an inning and throw hard and do your fastball curveball thing, like if he can be that, it could be 
I don't know if you want to say X factor, but it could be a meaningful thing in the series. Yeah, absolutely. And something that I noticed with Houston, I mean, obviously Jordan had the two huge home runs in the first two games that just really set the tone of the series. I mean, shit, dude, Seattle was, let me forget, Seattle was up 7-2 heading to the bottom of the eighth inning in game one, right? They were they were in good position before they fumbled the bag. But Jose Altuve went over 16 in that series, guys. And then that's, uh, that 18 inning game, game three, the Astros and Mariners had, Altuve that game went 0 for 8, and Jordan that game went 0 for 7. So, like I said, as great as the Astros are, it's not like they're just like, oh, they're going to score six-plus runs every game on us, right? Like, they, they no, could be I shut mean, down. We could do it, right? It's, they're fundamentally sound. Right now. We could do it. They're just a very fundamentally sound team. Right. Obviously, they got Verlander and Valdez and, you know, whomever else. And, but, you like. Know, McCullers look good. In game yeah. Too. Like, just don't. And, you know, it's going to be like whatever, right? The, like putting guys on base when you don't have to. Like, don't give Jordan Alvarez pitches to hit when you have, like, a, I guess a dangerous, right, a game-changing potential situation. It's like the Mariners. Like, Jordan Alvarez in game two hit a pitch that was in, like, the right-handed batter's box for an opposite yep. field home run. Just don't give him pitches to like, hit. Aaron Judge game. in, like, meaningless, quote-unquote, games down the stretch of the season – Aaron Judge was getting walked like 30% of the time. Like, just, I don't know, right? Just don't give the man that the opportunity to wreck your game because yep. that's what happened. That's the reason the Mariners lost the first two games because yep. they pitched to him in one at bat and it wrecked Look, their game. Bottom line, if you have a, a base open and you're up two and Jordan Alvarez is at the plate, don't throw him two fastballs down the middle like Robbie Ray did. Just don't do it. Just, just friendly word of advice, right? But what do I know? Yeah. Um, something that scares me about Houston, not just Verlander and for Amber and McCullers, their bullpen's damn good too, man. I mean, Presley, Stanek, they they have a good bullpen. I mean, they're they're just there's really not many weaknesses with this team, right? It's just it's sad to say. They have a great lineup, great defense, great starting pitching, great bullpen. Uh, they they do it all well. I mean, shit, dude, Trey Mancini's like their seven hitter, right? And I know he's not. You know, he's not, like, hitting the ball like he was in his, you know, heydays in Baltimore, but that's still a dangerous hitter in, in the seven hole, right? So, yeah, it's going to be a tough series, man, but you know what? I have faith, I think. Do you have faith, Andrew? I think, question mark? Yeah, I, I'm like, I have five. Like, I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> <laughs> I did say Yankees um, in five over Cleveland, so yeah, I'm going to refrain from making a series pick now because I can't double down or completely lose my – whatever I had going there. Yeah. Uh, Pete um, Caldera says a quote from Ron Marinaccio. Marinaccio says he's ready if the Yankees call him. So just a little bit. Sounds good to me, Ron. Okay, who's the alternative? The Miguel Castro experience? <laughs> like, Jamison Tyone has a bullpen experience, part oh, two. Oh, God. I was a little surprised that Herman didn't get into any game this series. Yeah, but no, I mean, so was not I. That... I really was, especially in that game, too. It's like I, I said. I think I only saw him warm up. We only saw yeah. him warm up one time, right? Like I said it before the series. Herman has bullpen experience, especially like recent bullpen experience over her, her over Tyone. I'm not sure why we did. and Herman just overall screw the bullpen experience. Herman was just a better pitcher than Tyone this year. You know, Herman ended up with like a 3.6 ERA. Actually pitched really well down the stretch. I'm not sure why we didn't use him in that series. Yeah, I think they're gonna need him in Houston though. So. Yeah, I could, like well, I said, tomorrow night for being dude, like I said, I could totally see JMO getting in some trouble in the third or and you know, Herman having to eat, you know, three, four, five innings. I could totally see that. I really do think that's their plan. Um, God, anything else before we uh, wrap it up here tonight? 
Um, it might be go out the window, but just something that I found interesting after they um, started to get deeper into this series. Uh, we saw we all saw the clip, I'm sure. A-Rod was criticizing Aaron Judge batting leadoff, and then shortly after that, Boone, I'm sure, in a completely non-reactionary move, batted him <laughs> second. <laughs> so um, oh, God. But Glaber was batting leadoff, and we've talked a lot about this year, Glaber, like about the I guess his identity as a hitter. But I thought Glaber at leadoff was at the very least interesting. Especially no, when he I got on base, when right? He had all this success yeah. early in his pre- first two years. What, what, where did we say we liked him? What was his rookie year? He was hitting nine, right? It didn't make sense because he had like the fifth most home runs on the team. And we're like, you know what? Fuck it. Keep him ninth because it's working. Um, I don't think Glaber works as a number five hitter. I don't think he works as a number three hitter. Six, mm-hmm. seven, sure. A leadoff? Hey, it's right. It like, I thought it was at the very least. It was I'd rather Glaber lead off than Judge. You know? Hell yeah. Because what about that yeah. stat? How Judge in his first 14 at bats, he had one of those at bats where he had runners on base. It's like, that's that's crazy. Like, that's we can't have Judge be hitting 13 or 14 at bats with nobody on. Right? That That's no. just actually insane. And it was interesting, especially I thought it was fun when he got on base, right? You see him over at first base. He's taking off on some. He's dancing off the base. Like, I thought he had a little bit more juice to his game as a leadoff hitter the last couple of games. You know, he's not like a, you know, 300 batting average guy, which is fine. But, like, he works good at bats. He took some walks this series. Like, and I thought that was interesting, especially for a team that, you know, whatever, say what you want about DJ LeMahieu. He's healthy. He's, you know, he's not batting 350 like he did two years ago. But, like, the Yankees, without Ben Intendi, don't really have a true leadoff hitter, and I thought Glaber in the leadoff spot was just kind of interesting. Yeah, very very well said, Jay. Um, something I'm going to be looking for in this series, obviously with Hicks out, what did the Yankees do with you know the left field shortstop situation? It didn't seem like because the fact that when Hicks left the game, we all expected okay Cabrera is going to go back in the left, IKF going to come in short. No, it was Marwin in left. Right now, IKF eventually came into the game, but just the fact that they didn't put him in right away, I don't know. Like it made me ask some questions to, to who's going to start in left field and short tomorrow. Are they maybe go? Because remember, Houston left field, very small. Maybe you could put Carpenter out there in left field for two games, right? Like maybe they weren't comfortable putting Carpenter in like Yankee Stadium left field. You got to cover a bit more ground. You're not going to cover less ground in all of left field and baseball than Houston. Well, so what was the report last night that they said? Uh, they were toying with the idea of putting Stanton out and left because it's a short. Right, right. Or that and was. And then, of course, all the reactionary people. And then have Carpenter and like, DH. Yeah, right. And then I'm going to call out everyone who was mad about that last night because you, you clearly weren't using your head. But everyone was like, well, if he could do that in Houston, well, why wouldn't he just do it tonight? You know, assuming the game was exactly. last in the It's like, first of all, you want Stanton to play a gigantic left center field and mm-hmm. play on a sl- sloppy, shitty condition outfield uh, when we his legs are already concerned. Like, Put him on on perfectly manicured grass inside a domed stadium with yep. like a three a 295 foot left field wall that he's got to contend with. Like that's fine. C- comparing that to him playing on on a wet, sloppy Yankee Stadium outfield after a three hour rain delay, like are, are you mental? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It just doesn't make sense. But like I said, the fact the one one of the positives we have about playing Houston is the fact that that left field is so tiny and we could afford to put Stan or Carpenter out there, you know, have one in left field and one at DH and just really bolster our lineup. Cause yeah, we might need it. Especially look, especially the first two games in Houston, we're going to be facing Verlander and Framber, right? It's pro- and like, look, Carpenter did look rusty. 
right? But hey, he's like I said, I think I tweeted it out tonight. Got to get that rust off somehow, right? And hey, striking out a couple times, you know, taking a few hacks up there in the ALDS, ALDS, you know, nothing. He didn't really come through with any big hits, but hey, we won the series and he got some of that rust off. So hopefully, if he, you know, gets a few at bats in this ALCS, he pops one out, right? And yeah, and my guess is yes. he's not going to play game two because Bramber's a lefty. Uh, they'll probably right. go right in heavy that game, but I. Well, yeah, I just meant like getting that bat late in game two, right? Well, and that's the other thing too. Like, do you want to risk him still being rusty and throwing mm-hmm. away one every nine at bats against Verlander, who's you're expecting to mow you down anyway, or do you want to get a and I shiver at saying it, but a contact guy like Cabrera and IKF, and you want to get those guys lined up and hope you can manufacture stuff against JV. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really know what they what they're gonna do for. I guess we have to see what the what the the ALCS roster looks like because there's a chance that even dj could make it but i don't know how i feel about that because he didn't really look good when he came back from injury he has what they say like a, a, a broken foot that extends to his toe so is it his yeah, toe so, is it something his like foot? something yeah, like that affects, something that affects his planting which just isn't what you want as a hitter especially as an older hitter right it's... right so unless dj is like perfectly healthy i don't know if i want him active I just don't like, I know what he's capable of. I know he's had a, a bunch of big hits against Houston over the years, especially in the 2019 ALCS. But like, if he's not right, he's a waste of a roster spot. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, but yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for us, man. Uh, game one, 7:37 tomorrow. No Bob Costas and Rob Darling on the call, or maybe Ron Darling will be on the call. I'm not sure yet, but yeah, it's, it's butt clenching time, Andrew. It, like we've been dreading this, we've been waiting for slash dreading this for quite a bit of time now, man. And yeah, like we said, we said all season long, right? It doesn't matter what what you do during the regular season. Doesn't matter if you win the division or not. Doesn't matter how many wins you have. You can't beat Houston. It all means nothing. And yep. we got our chance, right? And we looked like shit against Houston this year. We lost five out of seven games. We led for a grand total of yep. zero the, innings. The in those two games we won were, yep. <laughs> right. So like, I'm not feeling confident, but if they can somehow flip the script and make the entire regular season, uh, the struggles against Houston in the regular season, the struggles against anyone in the regular season when they, when they, they couldn't hit in, in August, when you look at the wheels are falling apart at the end of August, like all that goes out the window. If they can just somehow find a way to beat Houston and advance to the first, to the world series for the first time in 13 years. Yep. And, and, you know, something that, like, I'm kind of hanging my hat on to extent, I think to myself, man, this is probably, like, the least confident I've been heading into his ALCS against Houston. And, you know, the, a couple of those, especially those first two, I was actually pretty confident in the Yankees. I, I really thought we were going to do it, and they didn't. So, hey, maybe reverse psychology, right? Maybe I'm not that confident, and the Yankees surprised me, right? Please, please, right? That's going to happen, right? Please. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, look. Proud of the boys for the way they fought in that ALDS. And now we got to take it one game at a time. I'm not sure when we'll be back next. I assume either after game one or game two, uh, depending on how intense game one is, right? If there's a lot to talk about, we'll hop on. But yeah, regardless, we'll be watching. We'll be tweeting. We'll be yelling, crying, and hopefully celebrating, right? Uh, Andrew, prediction. Or unless you don't want to get I understand. You don't uh, want to get I'm going to say Houston in six, but yeah, I hate so myself for that. I hate myself too, but I'm going to say it. Houston in six. I, like, look, I, I would literally be the first one. If the Yankees win the series, I'd be the first one playing my Houston in six over a you know circus track, right, over the background. 
<laughs> Please do. Mash it up. We'll, we'll meme our, ourselves doing yeah, it. I, we'll I, will be, I will literally get on Adobe Premiere and meme the hell out of myself. If they, I would love to. And I love being wrong. I would love to be wrong about this, right? But I'm just, this is what my gut tells me that Houston probably does take the series, but we're still going to be watching. We're still going to be cheering. And man, let's, let's do this, man. I mean, how, like, that's the thing. I feel like this year, because, like, we're set, like, like, you know, the old saying, like, all right, if you set your expectations low, right, it's tough to hurt you. I really do feel like this would just be such a, a rewarding year after all they've went through, after having such a hot start to having such a, you know, brutally annoying second half, you know, the judge year. This would just be such a great way. Yeah, to and you it. consider how, how low our expectations were before the season even started because they didn't yep. do the moves we wanted them to make in the offseason. Yep. And, th- and to be honest, um, I still think they could have been better. Like, the fact that they're now – four games away from a, a trip to the World Series does not take away from the fact that they still, in a way, fumbled the bag this offseason and could have done more. Yep. But if it like works with all out, that went wrong, like with yeah. all that went wrong, hey, we're still in the ALCS. We're still right. four weeks exactly. away. And like I said before, this is the toughest team remaining. You know, like we all thought all year it was going to be Yankees, Astros, and the Braves, Dodgers. Well, the Braves and Dodgers, you know, both got bounced out in the DS. So that doesn't mean the Phillies and Padres are just – Right, yeah. right. Those were the three main teams in the NL, and they all got bounced before the NLCS. So that doesn't mean the Phillies and Padres are just going to be easy opponents for the winner of the series. But no, man, like the, I Philly, said, the Phillies are mean. The Phillies are, yeah. are, are, are hungry, and no, the absolutely. Padres have, have, a, have a lot of upside. I'm yeah, scared. No, I, I said about the Phillies on the last pod, man, when you got a combo, like one-two punch, like Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler, you can beat anyone, right? Look at those Giants teams back in the day. But, yeah, it's definitely going to be the winner of this Astros-Yankee series will be the heavy favorites to win it all so we'll see man we'll see game one tomorrow night for luigi for andrew and for g this was the bronx bomber battle podcast and let's beat the damn astros <laughs>